McNulty stunning for Emilio to get up above Cargill and find Bennett. It's into the box. McNulty cut back for Roberts. It's Gary Roberts no, from Bosby. are leading in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Mark McNulty, but a good chance by Doyle for McNulty on the edge. Mark McNulty oh, short yes. for Bosby. Smashes it past McCormack. One by Doyle. Finished by the returning Mark McNulty. First left blood for Bosby. They're in dreamland early here at Bratton. There's a through ball to Jamal Lowe. Jamal Lowe's onside. The flag stayed down. Jamal Lowe. Nonchalant. Fantastic. Brilliant. Pompey will be promoted at this rate. That is it. Pompey are champions. They won League Two in the most dramatic of circumstances. The PO4 podcast with Hugh Bunce. Proud to be Pompey. Well, Pompey carry on with their winning streak. And joining me today is the man from the PO Forecast, the global director of the PO Forecast, Greg. How are you, mate? I'm good. I'm very good, thank you. How are you, Hugh? Yeah, I'm good. I'm feeling good at the moment. You know, Pompey keep winning. We're still in all the cups. You know, checker trade or whatever it's called now, the leasing trophy, whether you like it or not, we're still there. So... We've got, I've got a pretty feel-good feeling, as I said said last week on the show, talking to to Henry. So, you know, all good, all good over here, mate. Yeah, I've got to admit, I mean, feeling is good. So, put who you want in front of us. It's a good little run we're on, and long may it continue with with what's going on. Who knows? Yeah, well, it's great to have you back on the podcast, Greg. I think last time you were on the podcast, you were with me inter- interviewing Ricardo Rocha. That was correct with Mr. Sorry, Dr. Andy Mitchell-Moore. That's it. Get his title in there, mate. Otherwise, he'll be straight on you in your DMs. Okay, so let's get, <laughs> let's get this going. So what we're going to do is we're going to review the Altrium game. Following that, we're going to go in and review the game last night against Northampton. And then we're going to go out and um, put the question I put out there to you guys, which, again, thanks again for everyone tweeting in. It's always appreciated and, you know, it really makes the show. Um, the question I put out there was, after Marcus Harness's golden assist against Northampton, should he start against Peterborough? And were there any other players you thought earned a spot for, uh, for, for Pompey against Peterborough? And then following that, we're going to go on and preview that game we are just talking about against Peterborough. Greg, let's get going. Altrincham, it was a performance that some people really questioned whether it was good enough, but a win's a win, isn't it? It is indeed. I mean, unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch the match. Um, I've read a lot about it. I've communicated with a lot of people, and a couple of people were kind enough to share the goals with me. But yeah, with a team that strong, I would have expected a more convincing win. Um, let alone leaving it to the last minute. Um, completely understand it and sympathise with the fans of the opposition. You know, would have been a nice little treat. Um, not so much for our fans, probably. <laughs> you know, probably a long journey on a Tuesday, but at the end of the day, it's a win and happy to get through to the next round. Yeah, and t- touching on that next round quickly, it was something that I was really excited. I don't know where you were for. Actually, you were still. Were you still in um, doing uh, German class, being, making yourself a fluent German speaker? Or did you finish that when we were uh, 
when we were doing the uh, VFA Cup draw. Yeah, and fortunately, my good friend, who I'm talking to right now, was kind enough to maybe not overly enthusiastically tell me who we played, but told <laughs> who we're going to play. But yeah, um, Fleetwood. <laughs> That's it. So I was sat on the train on the way back from work. I had my headphones in. I was watching it on stream after trying to, you know, sort out a train Wi-Fi system. And Fleetwood came out. For those people who have been living under a rock for the last week, Pompey have got Fleetwood away. Um, it's a disappointing draw, but it is a chance to get through to the next round. Well, I mean, that's it. We're, we're playing a team that is in our league. You know, you can't fault anyone for who we draw or who we don't draw. I mean, yeah, of course... It would have been exciting to have a big team, City, Liverpool, whatever. But let's be honest, we're, we've got a really good chance of progressing. Um, and the match is scheduled. I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't clash with any international call-up breaks. Because, you know... <laughs> I believe it's scheduled to take over from the Doncaster game, is it not? Can't confirm. To yeah, be honest, I think it is. I think, sure. but I think I did get a pop up. I did get a pop up last night saying the Doncaster game was postponed and it didn't click. But now you say that, it adds up. Exactly. So that's why. Um. Yeah. So let's go into this Auctionham game. It was one of those ones. Obviously, Anton walks again, playing in that holding midfield role. He looked a bit more improved defensively. I'm going to say in that game. Um. So I was quite happy with that. You know, people. You know, Tom Naylor's big boots to fill, isn't it, playing in that role, really? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there was an interesting stat I read, um, which fortunately has dated very well, which is uh, we never won a match without Tom Naylor before this um, latest setback with the injury. I think well, it was three or four games he missed through suspensions or maybe injuries or both. And yeah, I read that we'd never won when he uh, was not playing. Well, I, I suppose he's been playing quite a lot. So maybe the stats might be um, a little bit swayed from that factor. But, you know, good teams uh, find a way, good teams find a way to win. Um, and without Tom, we've managed to find a way to win. Obviously, Ben Close with that, you know, pretty special goal. Um, in this game. What do you think of Ben Close's performances recently? Do you think he's going to come through a sticky patch or, you know, do you think you're going to see him oh, drop? To... I mean, it's really difficult because I feel for the guy, um, he has been struggling with form. He has, and um, he has got some, I will say some, maybe a little bit overboard um, criticism, but um, Kenny stuck by him whether it's because Kenny's like, it's my team, or no, he he is still young. People sometimes forget that. You know, he, he does look quite old with his big beard and everything. But um, his performance is improving. Um, sometimes I think, yeah, okay, maybe we, we, we can rotate a little bit. But as is the same with um, Curtis, when he was hitting his difficult time, it was, you know, Kenny stuck by him. You know, the incident with the fans, you know, everything was a bit much. He had a break. And now look at him. This is this is Curtis from last summer that we know. Exactly. And the thing is with Ben Close, and we've been saying this week after week on the podcast, is that 
he's shackled when Jacket decides to play him in what I like to call a linear line with Tom Naylor. So he doesn't need to play um, right opposite Tom, you know, just sort of holding that line. Ben Close is best when he's given a little bit of creative freedom, when he's allowed to hover around his sort of wheelhouse just outside the box, you know, make take chances and get into positions where he can potentially unleash that absolutely, you know, amazing shot he's got. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I can't give you the exact figures off my head, but it was towards the end of the last season, we had like six and eight or something when he was effectively running forward as a cam when Naylor was holding back and he was given more freedom. No, exactly. And that's what we want to see from Ben Close. And I hope if Tom Naylor does come back into the team, we continue to see Ben, you know, going forward and, you know, not, not reverting back to the, the same player maybe that you know, he was even before Tom Naylor's you know, uh, absence from the team. Um, obviously, Brett Pittman gets the winner. Um, Pittman's been a bit of a divisive figure. You know, I've given him a little bit of stick on the podcast when he started, purely because I feel that he slows the play down when he plays in the number 10 role, which he's been favoured for this season. What do you think of Brett? Because he's got the ability, hasn't he, to come on and get a goal when you, when you most need it. And, you know, in this game, was there any better player to be hovering at the back post? I mean, let's be honest. Um, Brett is definitely a divisive figure. You know, I mean, this is hard to believe. This is the guy that banged in over 20 goals in the first season. Um, there was a lot of hearsay. I never got a real direct answer of why he wasn't started the next season. Apparently, it's down to fitness. But Brett is a player that I would think... It's a bit harsh to say not to start him, but I would say, yeah, he he can make an impact. But I think um, sometimes 90 minutes, I think it can be a bit difficult. And for him, you know, maybe like he he's very... Don't get me wrong, he's not lazy. I know people have said that before, but he's not because he does do a lot of chasing. I don't know if people see it. I'm not like, I'm not foolish. He's not like a freaking marathon runner just because he outrun Jamal like Wembley. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think he's definitely a play, player that you want on the bench, if not starting, that will come on when it's 60, 65 minutes. You're tired, you, you're behind, or you want to kill off a game. He's definitely a player to bring on. No, I, I think he's definitely a player that I think can make a big impact for us and get some crucial goals for us um, by coming on as that impact sub. You know, the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer of Portsmouth, as you know, as such, um, the guy that can come on and grab a goal when you really need him, not to say necessarily dictate the tempo um, going forward. Um, let's go into the Northampton game because I think there's a bit more to talk about because of the squad rotation that we um, had. Greg, you managed to... You know, watch the game on, on iFollow. Mine actually broke uh, at the start of the game, so I didn't get to watch the whole game as a whole. So tell people, what was your overall feeling of the Northampton game? You know, did were you happy originally with the changes that Jacket made to the squad? Um, to be honest with you, I, I, was, I was completely shocked. I, I never thought Jacket would make that many changes, um, but still not putting so much youth, if you know what I mean. Yeah, because um, like you know, last season we we was playing with kids that uh, at the time we didn't really know of as well. Um, it was a surprise. It's a surprise, but not a surprise with the sort of people playing out of position. I mean, the thing is, it, it is frustrating. But then some people do say as well, if you're a good footballer, you can sort of 
rotate within reason. Okay, you don't expect Marcus to go in goal, but you know, it's sometimes you think, well, like Walks is quite versatile um, because it can play at fullback and he can play um, CDM as well. And I got to admit, I, I the the lineup change was I was like, okay, so he's still taking he's taking this quite seriously. Um, it gives people some minutes down in um, being one of them that's not played for a while. Raggett's obviously was injury dictated. Um, and of course, <clears throat> I was very, very, very happy to see Mr. Harness start the game. Yeah, I think everyone was particularly happy with, you know, Marcus Harness again playing um, in the side. You know, I, I'm a big fan of his. I think his trickery. You know, his vision and his ability to get on the ball generally and make things happen makes him a player that, for me, might be first person on the team sheet or one of the first anyway, should we say. But we'll get into that again a bit later on. But I've just got to say, mate, about this game, it's one of those ones that, you know, it's the leasing trophy. I'm I'm not too worried either way. If we end up going out, you know, it's not a big problem. It'd be less games. The thing that I really, the only thing I like about this competition is it gives the squad players that ability to to make a claim for the first team squad and you know get them some game action and that's particularly true of some of the young players and you know Maloney gets his first goal for Pompey for the senior side anyway at Fratton Park. What do you think of the goal? Can you talk us through it? Yeah. Okay. So um, it. Uh, okay. So just to quickly get, get to where it was. Um, it started off very fast paced and they won a corner within less than a minute and we looked completely overrun at first, maybe 10, 15 minutes. And then um, we, we sort of started growing into the game, everyone sort of getting into their positions. Um, yeah, and Marcus Harness, his, his, he was um, jumping between sides of the wings very well because you, you you couldn't even, if you watched the game and you didn't read the team sheet, you couldn't even tell what side he's in, but in a good way. And yeah, sort of, it kind of came out of nowhere. It was a little throw-in, I believe, led to it. And he's, I think he's got two defenders on him. He's done a little back-forward, back-forward trickery turn. Turns in across, and yeah, Maloney was in the right place. Um, the, yeah, it was... Uh, it was a really well taken cross. It was a decent, well taken goal, and I think Harness is a player that I rate a lot because he is a headache to play against. Yeah, and I'm going to say about if if that ball came into the box, and if we can get more balls that go that deep into the box, and you've got someone like Ellis Harrison on the end of them, he will be just literally having a field day, you know, he wins, I think it's something ridiculous, like 90-something percent of all, uh, 94% or something of all headers. So when you when you, when you you get him in the box and you've got a looping cross like that, I think that could be pretty deadly for uh, for Pompey. But I thought Leon Maloney's comments in the news were actually pretty funny. I don't know if you read it, but the one no. sentence that stand out, standed out for me, yeah, um, he's, he said, you know... Um, it, I just kind of closed my eyes and hoped for the best when it was up in the air. <laughs> Gotta love, got love that honesty. Gotta love it. I know, I know. But, you know, it's, it's obviously not what he's used to doing. He said that he needs to make more runs to the back post and get in those areas because he had a few opportunities earlier um, to do that. 
Um, and, you know, he's done it now. And it's it's a very similar way to how someone like Ronan Curtis or, you know, one of the wingers scores the goals, isn't it? Arriving, you know, at the back post, cutting inside and, and getting the goal for it. The, the, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. That's what, what the wingers do and should do, if you know what I mean. It's they're the sort of yeah. players that they know where the ball's going to go. They've got that. They've got that burst of speed. That's why they're wingers and can say, okay, I know what he's going to do. I've got an idea. And then you can meet it, keep yourself on side, give a decent go of it, you know. I think it was a well-taken goal. And, yeah, as I said before, you've got to admire that honesty, you know, to say that, to say, look, I, I, I really hoped it would go in. And he impressed me, to be honest with you. He did do well on his uh, 60-ish minutes that he played. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think it's great. And I know Kenny Jacket doesn't want to send him out on loan. He wants him as a player in the squad. So, you know, obviously he rates him enough to keep him around. So, yeah, it's impressive for Maloney. And um, what was all that handbags about with Bolton? Yeah, um, I, uh, I just like it kind of basically one. Um, what was his name? It wasn't Harris. No, it wasn't. I can't remember. It, it's the guy that got booked. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, basically, he sort of got into harness. Harriman, harness, is it Harriman? Ha- Harriman, something like that. Yeah. Um, harness sort of being harness was like, well, what are you doing, dude? And then, like, they, you know, they all kind of getting a little thing. But the problem was the guy wasn't letting the guy have Harness's shirt. And even though Harness was trying to walk away, there's people in the middle. So you can imagine his shirt's getting tugged and Bolton's He's a big guy, let's be honest. He's quite a big guy. Sort of, you know, does what you do and say, what are you doing? And and then uh, Bolton did make a very, very cheap retaliation tackle later on. Um, and I, to be honest with you, I was a bit surprised that they both saw the end of the game. <laughs> Love that. It, was, it was nothing major. Like, it's not like, it, I think it just got blown out of proportion. I was a bit surprised myself thinking, you know, it's the checkered trade, whatever cup. And yeah, but you shan't, you, you know, it, I, I even said on, if that was a proper game, like, a, you know, a league game, that guy would have got sent off for that because he wasn't like the guy shut. Simple as that. And yeah, it was hey, all a bit silly. That's what happens when you're playing this sort of tournament, isn't it? It gets a bit out of control. I don't know who the referee um, was from a level as such, but hey ho, let it go. Not the end of the world. Um, Paul Downing has been a player this season that has sort of failed to deliver in some ways on the performances he had last season with Doncaster. You know, I thought at the start of the season he was going to be you know, the automatic choice to play with Burge at the back and it was going to be a partnership that was going to be strong and you know his passing and his cool head. But he's found it a bit difficult, hasn't he, more in recent times with um, it, you know several players taking his position. Do you think that he made any sort of claim, Greg, for this game to show he's back? Or was it, again, a bit of a nervy performance from Downing? Uh, yeah, that's a tricky one. I don't think he had a fantastic performance, but I wouldn't really criticise anything outright, really, that I can see, that I saw. Um, but, um, yeah, it's... how to put it, it's like... I would say he done okay, but I I wouldn't be like if I was the manager sort of saying, oh yeah, he's starting. Um, but it's difficult to judge because the guy, as you said, he's not been playing as much. You haven't got the fit sharpness. I mean, it it can't be easy for the guy with Kenny's tinkering 
to get dropped for Burgess, who's actually a centre back. And yeah, okay, Walks is a bit more understandable because he can play there like properly, sort of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think if he gets a couple more games, maybe a couple more cup games, I think we can sort of. If he is that sort of player, which I think he can be, um, I, as you said yourself, and I've also heard very good things about him, he he can probably be quite important in in the future on him because as much as the tactics and team lineups can be a little frustrating, there will be changes because we've got games thick and fast coming up, you know, as well as I do what Christmas to, you know, and as you said yourself, Barbie, um Carabao Cup we're in every every other cup in the league plus our games that we have to catch up with um, I just I just kind of will say though I really wish that Kenny would sort of fix on a back four a bit yeah no I agree I think I think at the moment you've got to even look at it I don't know if Raggett made a claim to come back into the squad and we'll talk about a bit more of the squad stuff in a second but you know, I, th- I think at the back we've looked fairly okay. Um, you know, we're not going to be the defensive juggernaut. Maybe until someone like Jack Watmore comes back, if he plays as well as he did last season, he he could really um, consolidate that that centre back position. But yeah, we hope Downing manages to get some form back because he's not been the player I expected at, so far. But when you look at him at Blackburn and at Doncaster, he looked pretty good. So you never know. And people thought Raggett was absolutely rubbish when he first joined. Um, yeah. And he's managed to turn it around a bit. So, yeah, these things happen, don't they? Um, Greg, I mean, is there anything about this game you want to talk about in particular before we move on and talk about the fixtures coming up and how you think we're going to do? Uh, yeah, just going to quickly say, um, man of the match without a shadow without is Harrison. Um, I I have been at uh, Harrison. Beg your pardon, Harness. Um, I was watching him a lot as well, and I've noticed that. Even on like the 87, 88 minute, his 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 energy levels didn't drop at all. It was ridiculous. He was running around as fast as the when we kicked off to as fast as a player that comes on the seventy fifth minute. Um, and yeah, he's def- And I think, although I must say in the defence, even though Jacket has been tinkering a lot, I believe we've only conceded eighteen goals in seventeen games, which isn't bad. Let's be honest. Not at all. It's just it's, that's one that's in, pretty one impressive. One, almost. Yeah, and yeah. We, we can round that. <laughs> yeah, no, completely. And that is a beautiful segue. Do you know what? We'll do the upcoming fixtures next because the question we put out there is: Is the amazing Marcus Harness, who never stops running and looked like Greg's man of the match in the last game, should he play against Peterborough? Um, and has he earned a spot? And is there anyone else that you guys thought should be making a claim for the first team? So against Peterborough. Um, Greg, before I put this question out there to you, we'll just quickly go and have a look at what some of the people have tweeted in. So uh, Henry Adams, again, who's on the podcast last week. Cheers for messaging in, mate. He said, glad to see Harness playing well, but an EFL trophy performance against League Two opponents doesn't warrant walking back into the side above two wingers who have been pivotal in our recent run. Bring him on as an impact player. Would like to see McCrory or Cannon for walks. Hashtag champs. So I'm guessing it's because of last week he said we can go on to be champions. Uh, If you agree with Henry or you disagree with him, 
please tweet him at hnadams92. So, yeah, why not? Okay, so do, do, what do you think? Do you think Marcus Harness should actually walk back into the team, should we say, after his performance yesterday? Or do you want to see Ryan Williams trot back out onto that pitch? I'll be honest with you, it's, um, it's a little difficult because the, there is a valid point there. And second of all, Jacket stuck with Williams and Curtis and they're on absolutely fantastic form at the moment. Um, which, to me, as much as it comes across harsh on Harness, why change it when when they're you know I think uh, Williams got his first goal and assist. And I think he's got another assist. Curtis has banged in a few as well now, um, so it's a bit hard. But I'd say actually stick with Williams and Curtis, and as was said, maybe for now keep him on the bench. You know, as an impact player. But uh, Williams and Curtis have done nothing in my eyes to say they should be dropped. And they both didn't play, so they've rested because they didn't play yesterday at all, I believe. I'm pretty sure they didn't play at all. So I would say stick with those two at the moment, as much as it is a bit harsh on harness. Okay, so let's go to what Sam says. Sam Stone, again, cheers, mate, for messaging in. Sam says, Harness, is, um, Harness has to be starting. Absolutely no question, given his performance last night. His first touch is of a higher level, and he has a bit of craft and intelligence, which, he sometimes, which we sometimes lack in the final third. It's a tough choice on who to drop, given good recent performances, though. If he's our best player in that position, though, Greg, it's a good point from Sam. And I do believe that he's got more talent going forward, should we say, than Ryan Williams does. Surely it's the right thing to do to make that change when he's in such great form. Because although Ryan Williams did get the goal and, and he looked pretty good compared to other performances, do you not think Marcus Harness offers more going forward? I am open to that. But um, I think if I, if I now agree with that, I'm just contradicting what I've just said. So for me, I would no. I'm just being honest. I'm, I yeah, don't want to yeah. contradict myself. I can definitely see Sam's point, and um, I think if I had to pick up the two, it would be it would be Williams over Curtis to be changed. But at the moment, I'm going now. I'm going to stick with what I said for now. Um, you know, as we know, Jamal Lowe done very well for us, but he didn't start every single game. Yeah, no, you, we do have a squad for a reason. I don't think we need to play exactly. um, the same players all the time. And um, what I'm going to say on that is that my opinion on this game is that Peterborough play quite an attacking, um, counter-attacking formation, basically, where we'll come on to that. But there are reasons why I think Kenny Jacket might look at this game in particular coming up and decide that maybe he uses Williams, whether that's right or wrong, um, due to what he thinks is a higher sort of work rate. Again, not sure if that's right, but his more sort of um, defensive abilities, he might choose him against um, a very sort of quick counter-attacking team in Peterborough. Um, Okay, so Pompey Harry messaged in. Cheers, mate, for that. He said, Harnish a start, Cannon over close, offers a lot more and brings some energy to the team. Were you impressed with Andy Cannon last night? Do you think he... Fans have been absolutely clamouring, haven't they, Greg, for Andy Cannon to come back into midfield with with Closey struggling and then Walks being put back in over him. And, you know, everyone was thinking, you know, what's Cannon done? Has he slept with Kenny's wife? You know, how has he not managed to get into the team? Do you think he 
did himself proud yesterday and does, does he warrant a place in the team against Peterborough? Definitely Italian, a good performance. Can't argue that for a minute. He, he's played a lot of minutes as well for someone that hasn't played. Um, uh, uh, well, let's be honest, barely at all. I mean, this is the tricky part. Um, I would honestly take close at the equation in regards to this opinion, but I would really like to see Naylor and Cannon together because I think Cannon's got the instinct to go forward and cause some havoc, to be honest with you. And I would like to see those two together. Um, it's not a reflection on close. It's the fact that I can see it and I can I can see fans' frustration. I mean, obviously, no matter what, Kenny's never going to make every, everyone happy. But I, I, I think Cannon would maybe, maybe hopefully, maybe from given a chance on Saturday, to be honest with you, because um, in my opinion, he's got... No reason not to want to start him, to be honest with you. And I think Close um, maybe could do with a little bit of a rest, to be honest with you. Um, I didn't expect him to be on the pitch at all yesterday. I thought, oh, maybe he's going to get a chance to sort of relax, you know, just be on the bench ready to go. Yeah. Um, and I, I agree with people, not so much the Riddick, like the Kenny's wife's theories, but <laughs> um, yeah, I sure? think he should be given a chance. Never say never, right? <laughs> <laughs> Andy Cannon, you sly dog. Um, yeah, no. So, okay, I, I completely understand that. I actually thought yesterday the midfield had a bit of balance before the game. I thought that you know Ross McCrory coming into that um, centre midfield role. Uh, I'm a big fan of Ross's. I think he's a good player. He's got all that ability. Um, obviously, he's been out injured, had a few suspensions, and he's played right back. And it's been a bit, a bit. Uh, it's been a bit all over the place, isn't it, for him, really, not being able to settle in a position and um, and make it his own. I sort of thought with him being that sort of more combative midfielder, it might allow Andy Cannon to go forward um, and be quite a balanced pair. Did you think Ross played well last night? And did he do what I expected him to do in that sense and enforce the midfield? Yeah, I think he bossed it pretty well. Um, I, I think he can play good as a right back, but he's he's not. He's not got the defensive tracking back as much as a natural would. For example, um, you've got Gareth Evans, who when Gareth Evans played right back, he did have that tracking back and forward. Um, he adapted to it, whereas I think Ross wasted is maybe a bit harsh, but yeah, I don't think right back's really for him. Um, I have heard that they put him in Scotland right back sometimes, or Rangers or one or the other. I don't know if he's played right back. No, he started out as a central defender, Greg, um, and he made his career central defender, basically. Uh, Gerard came in and was like, you've got ability on the ball and should be really playing in a holding role. So they played him in a 4-1 formation in front of the back four, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, That's his sort of, you know, centre-back or uh, holding midfield is really where he plays. He's not really in a full-back. And, I think, you know, when you speak to Christian Burgess about that transition to playing right back from playing in the middle, it's a really different game, isn't it? Because you're almost playing on the perimeter the whole time. And if you're used to playing in the middle, you're used to everything going through you a bit more. So I think it can be a bit off-putting playing out wide if you're not used to it. Absolutely. It's it's not. It's uh, swapping from centre-back to centre-midfield 
wouldn't strike me as challenging as as you said going from okay i'm going to get everything down the middle i receive down the middle and everything else and then having to be that person responsible having to be the person that really should have the good link up play behind curtis harness whoever is going to start there whichever player and that's critical and i think burgess done a decent job as a right back but the question is why <laughs> to be honest with you yeah no, i think he did as well as he could possibly to be honest um applauds the burge because i think it's a fucking Definitely. ridiculous situation for him to be in in the first place but there you go that's just my opinion um going back to what people have messaged in um chris dickinson cheers again mate for messaging in he says by far our most technically gifted player much much better end product than williams get him in with curtis hitting form on the other flank, the pair would be a serious prospect. They would be a frightening pair, wouldn't they, for any sort of defence to have to deal with Marcus Harness on the right doing what he's been doing now, Ronan Curtis cutting inside, blasting away at them, uh, John Marquis in the middle, and then Ellis Harrison up front. There aren't many teams in this league, beside Peterborough maybe, um, who actually you know boast that sort of firepower, are there? No, not at all. And it is uh, as... If I wasn't a Portsmouth fan, it would I would be horrified to go against them. Um, and as I think that's going to happen sooner or later, whether whatever the reason, whether William drops form, whatever he just says, I'm going to start harness now, or whatever the reason is going to happen, and I think it's going to be a nightmare for defences. I mean, yeah, there is definitely praise due to the Peterborough strike force, but their defence is leaky. And they're doing the whole, you score two, we'll score three sort of sort of style, which of course still yields points. But I am excited that I know one day we're going to get to see Harness and Curtis with, like you said, with Marquis and uh, Harrison. Yeah, absolutely, and that that is a terrifying front four, in my opinion. Um... Yeah, not just my opinion either, Greg. It's also the opinion of Chris Dickinson. So there we go. Um, moving on quickly, mate. Let's go into the fixtures we've got upcoming because this is something I think we've had some games recently where we've played teams. We beat Rotherham, who are, you know, that elusive top six club we haven't won against for a while. And I think that really boosted the morale, not just with the players, but with the fans as well. And people thinking maybe actually, you know, the season's on. And, you know, we can beat these top teams. Obviously, we'll get into Peterborough in a minute, but I'll add the total up um, how many points I think we're going to get over this time. But I want to get your opinion, mate. We've got some tough games. We've got Peterborough, which we're going to preview in a minute. Then we've got Stanley away. Then we've got Ipswich at home on the 21st. Wickham at home, the, the league leaders on the 26th. And then MK Dons away on the 29th. Um, obviously, that's the easiest game, I'd say, of them all. But... Greg, how many points do you think we can realistically get um, in this period? Do you think that we'll be a playoff team by the end of 2019? Um, to be honest with you, um, I think we could probably get nine points out of that. I would like to think at least, because at the end of the day, um, <coughs> of course, there's the whole we can only be play what's being put in front of us or whatever and there have been some performances that we maybe wouldn't get away with against stronger teams but we have and I'm pretty sure that the guys 
realised that. And Wickham, I believe, was only 1-0. We lost two on a reverse fixture. And um, Accrington, I'm never, I'm, always, I'm never quite sure with that team. I don't know why. It always seems like a, I could be completely wrong. We could have beaten them twice recently, but it never seems like we have great results against them. No. They're a tricky team for us to play against, aren't they? They all seem to... I think, was it yeah, right. last season away? I think it was... Was it 2 all or something? I can't remember, but it was... Yeah, that's, that's what was in my head just now. Yeah, yeah. They're always... They're an awkward little team to play against. And they're sort of team away at Accrington. It's the kind of place you can see Pompey just in the freezing cold. Um, yeah, failing to beat them. Let's go through the results then. Um, away to Accrington Stanley, Greg, on a Saturday, 3 o'clock. Who's going to win the game? How many points are we going for? Um, I would go for 1-1 one, one for a point at the moment. Mm-hmm. And you think we're going to batter Ipswich at home? No, I don't think we're going to batter them. But I, I, think, <laughs> I think we can't. I mean, the thing is, I, I haven't done, I haven't watched as much league football because I've been so busy with like jam class and everything as much as I did last season so it's a bit harder for me to gauge apart from looking at the table but I also know that um, Ipswich is definitely going to be a tough game but I think we can beat them 2-1 Okay that's cool I'm, I'm, do you know what I think that we'll go on to the fact that a 2-1 win against Ipswich I agree with you I think we'll I think we'll get a point away at Creighton. I think we'll beat Ipswich. I think we'll beat Wickham possibly at the moment. No, I think we'll get a draw at home to one of those teams and I think we'll beat MK Don. So I'm going to go three, six, eight points from three, which is pretty decent if we carry that on. But hey, maybe, maybe I'm being a little bit optimistic. What do you think, Greg? Sounds reasonable to be honest with you. I mean... You, you can be optimistic and still be realistic at the same time. We have got a capable squad. You know, at the end of the day, we have gone a ridiculous amount of time. I can't remember. I read it the other day. Something like 30-odd games without, we've not lost by more than a single goal. And that always gives me confidence that you have to go so far back. And also, we only Sheffield United and Liverpool have gone longer than us without losing back-to-back home uh, league games. Believe it or not. Really? Did not yeah, know that. Apparently, apparently Did not know that. It's been a long time because a lot of our problem with our stuttering form was drawing, losing, drawing, losing, not losing so much. It's true. We sort of like. I think we drew like six out of ten, but only one two. Yeah, I mean we've we've done this situation where, you know, last season we had this, you know, we're top of the league around Christmas and we weren't thumping teams at all, were we? It was like two one, one now, wasn't it? Sort of thing. So Kenny Jackett just needed to find a way to get back to that form that he had. You know, that way of getting grinding results out even in, in a lot of the time. And I think the I talked about this before, but I think with Harrison up front, he's got that outlet that Kenny Jackett teams really need to have someone up front with that physical presence who can, you know, chase the ball down, win it back, and provide a platform for his attacking wingers and midfielders to get on the ball. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the guy is strong. 
as you said, is ridiculous. Heading uh, battle win like percentage is ridiculous. And I mean, for Christ's sake, the guy squared up to Akin Fenwar. <laughs> you know, he's not as big as you think, mate. I'll be honest. I've met him in real life. <sighs> he's not, but even still, like you know, it's still the point that he he's the sort of guy that looks like he would take on anyone, and. I think that's an important characteristic. Like maybe grabbing him wasn't probably the most smartest idea, but at the end of the day, if Akinfenwa is a big, strong guy, maybe like you say, maybe he's not as big, but he's a big, strong guy. And Harrison, when Harrison goes against him, you don't think, oh God, it's Akinfenwa. He's just like, it was Harrison. And Harrison definitely adds a physical presence. Like you said, he's, he's very powerful. You don't look at him and you think, "Wow, that guy's like built like a brick shit house." But he 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 seems like one, and I think I, I think it is frustrating that Marcus is Marcus isn't quite going the way we wanted him. You know, with the twenty goals, playing number nine at the front or whatever. But we've still got another just under thirty games to go, and. I think I would really I like when Harrison and Marcus are together. Yeah, Henry, Henry was touched about this last week. He was saying that Marcus, you know, obviously he's more of a number nine, isn't he? We, I think we can all say yeah. that, not really a ten. But at the same time, he was sort of dropping back to get the ball in ten and, and doing his chasing back because no one doubts John Marcus is um you know, he's not a lazy player, is he? His ability to track oh, back oh, and no. and move around. But I noticed when we're on the front foot, he's there to get a poaching goal. Like he got that that header from from Harrison, and he's he's turned it in. So yeah. it gives us the ability to have two strikers really in the box when we when the ball comes in, isn't it? I think that's that's what really makes a difference for Pompey going forward. Yep, four two three one can change to four four two in a heartbeat, and with two players, two strikers of that caliber, that's why I like seeing them. And if it does mean Marcus has to go behind. So be it. <laughs> yeah, you know. No, I know. That's it, though. Well, we'll move on. I think it's. I think it's going pretty well. Greg Peterborough. They are currently third in the table, uh, two points ahead of Pompey, which is absolutely mad, isn't it? At this stage, in this stage of the um, of the season, League One is absolutely open. So Pompey are in tenth for twenty seven points. Peterborough in third with thirty one points. So actually I'd do my master four points ahead of us yeah. but but there's <laughs> but there's actually a game, we've got a game in hand as well so in theory if we beat them at the weekend we'll be one point behind them um with the same games amount of play same games played they're peterborough a difficult team aren't they and they haven't really apart from changing the personnel as always in the summer they haven't really changed the way they play under the manager Darren Ferguson. Um, they play the same sort of football. It's a very counter-attacking style football. They're not going to dominate possession or you know try and, and do that. The tempo. I think their their season possession is under fifty percent, and obviously they're one of the best teams in the league as well. So that just shows the sort of style they play. Obviously, the firepower is what really stands out for me with. Um, with Peterborough themselves, because they've got the likes of Ivan Tony um, and Mo Issa, uh, long-standing, well, rumoured ports of target, shall we say, Mo Issa. Um, if you look at the stats they've got in the team, you've got goals uh, for the season in League One. Ivan Tony's got 12 goals. Mo Issa's got 12 goals. And then the talisman of the team, I, I think 
I made a joke about last week saying he's coming to Pompey, um, which someone did actually message me about, by the way. I won't call them out. Um, Marcus, Marcus Madison, uh, with nine goals, um, also leads the team with six assists. Um, it's quite odd, actually, the formation that they play because they sort of play what I'd like to call the old AC Milan di- um, diamond formation almost. Oh, I'm old enough to remember that, don't worry. <laughs> yeah? Do you know what I mean by yeah. that? Yeah, so they so they basically play the f- sort of 4-1-2-1-2. Four, uh, with and basically everything goes everything goes through um through Madison. He's clearly good enough to play in the championship and he's one of those players that you know you'd love to have in your side, isn't he? Can you see us getting a result against Peterborough? Because this is a, a game where if we can get a decent result against Peterborough, it really shows that you know Pompey are on the up, we could potentially get into a playoff place and you know, and, and we're back. Greg, do you feel that we can beat Peterborough? Yeah, but to beat them, we're going to have to play ugly. We're going to have to buy that time because if we leave them open, they're going to rip us to shreds. We need to frustrate them. Madison needs to be neutralised one way or the other because, to me, he's the one to watch, in my opinion. From what I've seen of them, he is the one, as you said, everything goes through him. Can neutralize him, starve them of service, frustrate them, and I'm going to plug it here. Um, this whole under 50% possession, I've done the article last week about it. Um, that we've never lost the game either. Well, I don't know about them, but we haven't lost the game when we've had less than 50% possession in a league this season. Yeah. Um, so go check that out, guys, uh, on the Pompey News Now um, blog page, yeah, which you can find on the Pompey News Now Twitter. But yeah, go and read Greg's article. It's definitely a good read. So, yeah, well, I, I think we can. Um, obviously, the one player to watch, in, apart from the obvious people, um, who's been playing left-back, do you know who that is, Greg? Nope. Dan Butler. Uh, picked up in the summer from League Two. Um, really? Yeah, Dan, Dan Butler's been one of the players that a lot of teams were out to sign in the summer. Um, you know, he's he's good going forward. He puts a good ball in the box. His stats have been pretty decent. He had a team leading four, I think it was four um, uh, key defensive ch- uh, tackles in the last game as well. So that just shows that he's not just playing, you know, a good going forward. Like I think at, for Pompey, he was always a bit suspect at the back rather than just his wing back sort of going forward play. Um I've watched him play a lot. He, he sort of reminds me a lot of Brandon Houndstrip, to be honest. He's a very similar sort of player in the, in the style that he plays, but you know, he's one to watch. And then you've got the right-back situation. Um, Nathan Thompson's just about winged his way into the, into the starting lineup. He played the last couple of games for Peterborough at right-back when he's been you know, not getting that much game time, actually, throughout the season. Nathan Thompson versus Ronan Curtis, mate. Is, the, is that the headline for this game? Uh, I think that's a very valid shout because, well, we know Thompson, but could that work to our advantage? Because most of the team do know Thompson. They're certainly not going to get too close to him, hopefully. Well, yeah, I mean, do you think that could benefit us or work against us? It's difficult, isn't it? Because in theory, you could say from our perspective that, you know, they should know how to play him a bit more. Um, they know not to get close to him when he's got his back against them. So, you know, for the old Thompson flop. 
which um, <laughs> will be interesting to see the other way around. Because all last yeah. season we were like, he's done it again, he's won us a free kick. You can imagine if we're 1-0 down and um, Thompson just flops down in front of the frat and then to win a free kick. I don't know what the reaction is going to be, but I reckon it'll be sort of sarcastic laughter. That'd be my opinion. Maybe that's just my sense of humour. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think he'll get a good reception. Um, I mean, I hope, on a side note, I hope he does get a good reception from the Pompey fans. And if anyone listening, I think he deserves a good reception, um, regardless of all the contract talk stuff that went on, because we don't know what happened between um, the club, Catlin and, and Thompson's camp. So we'll just leave that um, for the game and give him a, give him a good um, a good arrival at Fratton. But the one thing I am concerned about is that Ronan Curtis is in good form, which bodes well. But... There's a few things, really. Number one, if he gets frustrated, I don't want him having a little niggle at Thompson because he's just going to get booked, isn't he? Let's be honest. Um, And secondly, looking at the game, Ronan Curtis, to someone who knows him very well, likes to cut back inside to shoot, etc., he's going to have to mix his game up a little bit, isn't he, against Nathan Thompson because he can't play that predictable. Definitely. I mean, he's got a very good shooting instinct and he knows when to shoot. But Thompson knows that, you know, and I think it would be even might even be worth swap, switching wings for Curtis to throw them off, if I'm honest. Um, Curtis is obviously... on the right wing, though, isn't he? Even yeah, though it's in theory, it's formation, but. Dare I say it? Do the sucker punch and start harness over Curtis for this. He certainly could start um, Marcus Harness on the other side um, with Williams on that side. Um, Mine I sort, I sort Mine of feel, games. I think Ronan Curtis is the, the, the uh, team's league one team scorer, uh, top scorer, sorry, with six goals this season in, in good form. I don't think Ronan Curtis gets dropped again by Kenny Jacket, especially after all the drama of last time of what went on. Oh, I know, but it would be funny. Yeah, <laughs> it, would be, it would be amusing. Um, I would like to hear what Marie Curtis has to say about it as well. Um but I, I generally think, actually, um, that you know, Ronan Curtis will play and he will play against Nathan Thompson in, in a sort of head-to-head showdown. Another player I wanted to actually focus on for Peterborough because I think historically they have been pretty bad at the back, but um, the player I thought bought them some stability, which really improved them at the back there, was Mark Beavers. Um, I thought that was a great signing, bringing him in, and he's been one of their best players all season at the back for them. Do you think it's one of those? Do you think it's really made a difference for them, Greg, having a sort of a you know borderline championship central defender really try and shore up that what was an awfully leaky back four last season? Well, I don't know um, if this is going to come as a shock to you, but you know I did say about the whole we score, you score two, we score three. They actually, if this table is up to date, they've conceded more goals than anyone in the top fifteen teams. Yeah, so imagine if he wasn't playing at the back then. But on the other hand, they have also scored more than anyone in the entire league. But it's just worth saying that, um, I mean, compared to last season, I, I from off the top of my head, I would say that's a hell of a coop, as they say, a coop sign-in. Yeah. Um, I mean, the only thing now, let's just completely forget who we played at the moment. Out of the last four games, you look at our form, and you look at their form, they've picked up four points in the last four games. Um, 
that can't be great for your confidence. I don't, I don't really um, like. I think they lost four three or something like that. And um, we're going on a much better form at the moment, which I hope will work to our advantage. And if I recall, and feel free, listeners, don't be too rough. But I'm pretty sure that Peterborough would. We ended Peterborough to be the last undefeated team last season. I think it was just Peterborough and us about 12 games in when we played them. We, we played them up at their place, didn't we? I can't remember if it was 2-1 yeah. or 1-0. One, one, um, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. It was a battle of the undefeated, I believe. Oh, I can't remember off the top of my head, mate, but that is a good stat if it was. Peterborough actually playing right now, by the way. Oh, okay. They're playing Ipswich at home um, in the second round of the... Um, Leasing Cup, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, it's one all. Um, yeah, eighty-four minutes played. So let's hope that, that huh? yeah, let's hope that they, that carries on. Um, at the moment, who scored the goal for them? Ricky J Jones scored for them. And have they made many changes? Precisely. Let's yeah. have a look. Yeah, they're playing three at the back. They're playing three, four, one, two. Um, with Dembele up front. Eyes um, is also playing, and Madison. And Butler and Thompson. There's a pr- I mean, to be fair, it looks like we made more wholesale changes from our last league match compared to theirs. Is he playing? I can't see that on the lineup I was looking at. Who? Isa or Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's still on. Apparently, if this is up to date, Ricky Jane, Jay Jones came off for Dembele, Burrows for Blake Tracy, and Madison for Woodyard just now. Yeah, they've bought they've bought them on, haven't they? They've bought the big guns on to try and close this game out, basically. Also, I reckon they all play take penalties. I bet you that as well. Um, Straight to penalties, isn't it? Yeah, but I'm saying I bet you Ivan Tony uh, and Mo Issa are, are pretty decent penalty takers, should we say? So I think that's probably a smart move bringing them on as well. Um, yeah, no. Well, Ivan Tony, he also scored an absolutely outstanding goal with the cup the other day um, against Dover. It was all over the press, 30-odd yard volley. So maybe him and Ben Close can have a competition. Oh, I'll take that. Or Curtis, okay, it wasn't 30 yards, but it was a hell of a strike. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. He's scored a couple recently, isn't he? It's not just been one. It's been, he's got a couple of good goals in exactly the same ilk. Um Okay, mate. Okay, let's get down to it. Peterborough at home. Score prediction time. Who do you think is going to win? 2-1, Paul Smith. 2-1, Pompey. Yep, I'll take the flag if I'm wrong. Okay, I'm going to go for a 2-1, Pompey win as well. Um, who do you think is going to score the goals? Uh, the, based on who I think will start... I think it will be Curtis will get one, and I think Marquis will get a tap in, which is fine. <laughs> nice one. And I think it would be probably Isa for Peterborough. So I'm going to go for Ivan Tony taking the lead for Peterborough, um, and us to do what we can't, couldn't do against them at, at the close of last season, um, and managed to break them down, playing very deep, and managed to get two goals to to snatch the victory against uh, the posh. I get my words out properly. Um, 
yeah mate it's, I, I think it's going to be a good game um i know you and um, we're going down the load of Pompey news now, people as well, to have a few beers. Shame you can't be down there with everyone. Um, yeah, all meeting man, up man. together. Um, yeah, people shout us out if you're in Pompey and want to have a beer because we'll just be hanging around uh, after the game as well. Um, yeah, happy for anyone to come along and have a, have a beer with all of us. But yeah, mate, it's been great having you back on the podcast. Thank you. It's been great yeah. to be back on. No, definitely. And obviously, we'll, we're going to be lining up a couple more interviews with people soon. And yeah, we'll try and get you back on the podcast and that stuff as well, mate. Yep, sounds good to me. Give five, six weeks I'm finished with German scores. Going to give me a lot more time to concentrate and contribute a bit more for this and for my friends at Pompey News now. That's it, mate. And it just shows how what an international group of people we are, eh? Yeah, I mean, it, to be honest with you, it, it, it does benefit. I mean, okay, I'm being a little naughty, but I do share the goals and it does give a chance for people to see it. Shout out to you, Mr. Rocha. That's it. And That's old, it. Old uh, as well. He does text, uh, tweet back sometimes. That's it. Loyal fans of yours, mate. That's all I yeah. can say. Loyal fans. Well, I'm definitely, definitely going to try and get down before the season's out. Um for another visit to Fratton because I really enjoyed it regardless of the the, the way it ended <laughs> well mate it was it was great having you down actually do you know what so I'm just about to go but someone's just tweeted in at the time of recording when I looked at my phone and said uh, Michael Dyche says I rate Marcus Harness and also think he's got so much more to offer but does need game time and starts but he does need some game time um, so impressed with him so far this season play at Pompey so hey just thought I'd throw that in there no, Greg that's good. That's, that's good there's a lot of love for Harness and I hope as much as you do I'm sure we're going to see plenty of him in the next couple of months of crazy fixtures yep I do and Marcus we hope if you play and you do well hopefully we get the win Greg 2-1 let's see if, if how well that ages but until next time Pompey fans play up you have been listening to the po forecast for pompey news now available on soundcloud spotify and apple podcasts follow po forecast and pompey news now on twitter for more information and there is the full-time whistle